everyone, and welcome to Avid Travel with Britain Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britain Frost, and today we are going to be talking about the Danube. It is one of the most asked about rivers on our website. It is one of the most popular rivers for first-time cruisers. And so I thought that it might be beneficial to kind of sit down, talk about the Danube, um, where it is, where it visits, and, you know, a little bit about the Danube itineraries, because there are so many and how they vary. Um, and and we'll, so we'll do that in just a second. But before we get to that, I do want to mention a little bit of cruise news. So first we have Emerald Waterway's new Mekong ship. That is, of course, the Emerald Harmony. And that is going to set sail for the first time on August 31st. Um, that's, it's, I've been, I have been writing about this for quite a bit of time now, so maybe I'm a little bit more excited about it. <laughs> um, but the Mekong is such a great region, and I had the pleasure of sailing the Mekong as a child, you know, when I was 14 years old. And so, um, that, I, I always appreciate when, when new ships are going to that area and companies kind of venture to that area, um, because it's such a magical place to cruise and the ship looks beautiful. So, um, yeah very excited about that and then we also have american queen steamboat who has opened sales for um american countess's inaugural season in 2020 um and so though that is the news for this week um so before we talk about um kind of the danube itineraries i want to talk about um where, where the danube is and and most of you probably know this but the danube runs from germany through a lot of countries, which we'll get to in a second, down to the Black Sea. Um, and so it's a very long river. And most of the time we see itineraries split up into either the upper or the lower. And, and the upper Danube is from Germany to Hungary. And the lower Danube is from Hungary to Romania. Um, and well, from, excuse me, from Hungary to the Black Sea. So from Budapest to the Black Sea. And so when I reference the upper Danube, I am talking about that section from Germany to Budapest. And then when I'm talking about the lower Danube, I'm referencing the section from Budapest to the Black Sea. So we'll just get that out of the way first um, before we start, because I will be using those terms quite a bit in this podcast. So as most of us who are somewhat familiar with river cruising know, um, the Danube is Europe's second longest river. That's after the Volga River, which is in Russia. Um, and so when you're cruising this river, you get so many different countries because, as I said, the only other river is the Volga, which goes through Russia. Um, and so, but this one goes through through multiple countries. And so this river, you're really going to get the most diverse a landscape, culture, everything. You're you're going through Germany, Austria, Slovakia, Hungary. And so generally when you do the upper Danube, you're going through Germany, Austria, Slovakia, and Hungary. Sometimes the cruises don't dock in uh, Slovakia and Bratislava. So sometimes you just do Germany, Austria, and Hungary. Um, but generally Slovakia is in there as well. And then when you do the bottom, uh, the lower Danube, you'll go uh, through Hungary, Croatia, Serbia, Bulgaria, and Romania. And then the river also goes through um, Moldova and the Ukraine, but but the cruise itineraries usually stop in Romania, and usually they stop in, in Giorgio, and then you go to do an, an overnight in Bucharest. And of course, when I say most, most, I know I'm, I'm going to say most a lot. Um, I'm going to speak generally a lot because 
it is going to be so impossible to touch on all of the itineraries offered. I'm going to speak mostly to um, Ama Waterways, Avalon, and Scenic because we those are the most recent itineraries that I have covered on on River Cruise Advisor. So I will link all of those in the description. Um, but also, it's it's okay to speak generally because um, I mean, obviously, if you've river cruised before, you know that when you dock, you see other cruise ships. So a lot of these um, river cruises, because there's only one river, you know, you can only visit so many cities, um, and there are only so many big cities that you know can accommodate the river ships. And so a lot of times you're going to similar places. Now, uh, different cruise lines will have different approaches to these itineraries and, you know, try to distinguish themselves in certain ways. Uh, for example, Ama Waterways, Upper Danube itineraries often start in Wielshof in Germany. And so um, that's, yes, some other cruises go to Wielshofen, but but having that as the embarkation point kind of is is not unique to them, but it, it makes it a little bit different. Where they're not starting in uh, Nuremberg, or they're not starting in Vienna, or or some of the other places that these cruises start. So, it's just little things like that. So for scenic, you know, they offer um, the they offer itineraries and they offer you know an itinerary that has an extra day or an extra two days that offers extra overnight. So maybe if you're sailing from Budapest to Nuremberg you have two nights in Budapest before you start your cruise. Um, and so there are, or, or let's look at Avalon too, since I mentioned the three of those companies. Avalon has a four-day Danube itinerary. So they have a very short itinerary where you're able to kind of use that maybe to to put at the end of your vacation or put at the beginning of your vacation. Um, and Or, you know, if you're based in Europe, maybe that's convenient for you and you don't have that much time. But there are so many itineraries and that's the beautiful thing about how the river cruise market has grown over the past, you know, years, the past decade and, and the past couple of years specifically, we see so many new ships coming out and it creates so much competition between the cruise lines that it's a great thing because it allows passengers to kind of pick and choose what they want to do, what they want to see, um, and, and just speaking to, to the cruise companies in general, you know, what they prioritize in a cruise line. And do they want something that's inclusive? Do they want something that is not inclusive where they're paying for everything else that they're doing because maybe they're not going to take advantage of that many things that would be included in the cruise fare? And so you have all of these different options. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about the Danube, talk about some of the different itineraries, um, talk about the river, where it goes, um, so that you can really make an informed decision of where you would like to cruise. Because oftentimes when you Google and you say, you know, first time river cruise or something, and, and even with Ralph and me, we really oftentimes recommend the Danube for first time river cruisers. But that doesn't mean that you have to sail the Danube on your first river cruise. I mean, my first river cruise, as I mentioned previously, was on the Mekong, which is like the most obscure destination that I, I don't know that I would have anyone come to me and say, I'm doing my first river cruise, I want to go to Vietnam, you know, but it, it worked and, and that hooked me in and a lot of people do their first cruises on the Rhine. And um, so it's, it's really about, you know, kind of learning about these rivers, about the destinations that you're going to visit, and, and making them work for you. Um, and I hope that through, you know, this 
a series that I'm covering on, on River Cruise Advisor about the different itineraries and doing these podcasts because we'll do one about the other rivers in Europe as well. Um, maybe we'll do one about the Mekong um, and and kind of using these to guide you to where where you want to go and what is going to work for you. But kind of circling back to the Danube for a second, um, Ralph and I always write in our Danube responses that there are so many things that people appreciate the Dan- about the Danube. Um, you know, I think that, that the number one reason why is because there are so many big cities along the way. You have Vienna, Austria. You have Budapest. Um, you have Bratislava in Slovakia, which actually is one of my favorite cities on, on the Upper Danube itineraries. Um, Passau, which is not a, a big city. And maybe, you know, if someone isn't familiar with river cruising, they might not have heard about it. Uh, Nuremberg as well. Um, but you do have these cities that are are so beautiful and and big cities. I mean, Vienna is a huge city. Linz is also a big city. And then from Linz, you have the opportunity to go to Salzburg, you know, if you're a Sound of Music fan. And so I think the Upper Danube is so appealing because of that region, because of that reason. There are big cities along the way. And then also, you know, if if your cruise is departing actually most of the time you're going to fly into munich when your cruise is going down the danube from germany um maybe you'll fly somewhere else Uh, another positive thing about starting um going down the danube and and of course you can say this going up too is the is the uh, option for a pre-cruise extension or a post-cruise extension so if you go down the danube generally the um pre-cruise tour is Prague, um, which is about, it's a few hours um, in a car or in a coach, obviously, if you're cruising um, from Nuremberg. Um, But, you know, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place. And Ralph and I just did a post-cruise extension in Prague and it was amazing. Um, So in that case, you would fly into Prague. Or if you started in Budapest, you know, Budapest is very easy to fly into from the United States now. There there are a number of direct flights there and being able to fly from uh, to Budapest and and do a couple of days there before your cruise um, as a pre-cruise tour and then going up the river. So as I said, you know, it's so customizable and there are so many options, but the Upper Danube is just so appealing because of that. You have these big cities where you can do tours you know, even if you fly into Munich to board your cruise in, in Germany, uh, in the south of Germany, you can still, you know, do your own thing in Munich for a few days and stay in a hotel. And as a matter of fact, when Ralph and I got off our most recent cruise aboard Ama Magna, as I said, we went to Prague, but a couple of our friends went to Munich and they they just stayed in Munich for a night and they sent me all of these pictures of things that they got into. And, you know, they kind of enjoyed exploring it on their own. And so, so that's an option as well. Um, it, the, the best part about river cruising is, is the flexibility and really being able to use your ship as a mode of transportation and then kind of looking at everything else as an added bonus. And I think that that's something that, that is important to mention as well. Oftentimes when I'm on cruises, I do do the excursions, but if I have done 
a similar trip multiple times and already done certain excursions, I'm fine just going off by myself. And we've talked about this in podcasts past as well. You know, even with people who maybe don't get to go places multiple times, but when I was on a cruise on the Rhine, we went to Amsterdam and one of my friends that I met along the way was Jewish. And so she took our day in Amsterdam and used it to go to the Anne Frank house. Um, And that's something that's so great because you use the ship to get to your destination and then you can choose to go along with the group and choose to do the activities that are offered by your cruise company. But if there is something that you really would like to do that's close by, you can do that as well. So for example, you know, um, you, you go to Linz on cruises and maybe, in, maybe sometimes you, you don't go from Linz, you go from Vienna, but, but there's almost always an option to go to Salzburg. And as someone who is a huge fan of the sound of music, you know, just having that option, being close enough. And even if Salzburg wasn't in the picture, you know, using that time in Linz, um, I, I could maybe go to Salzburg by myself. Now, it is not a short drive, but depending on how much time you spent there, if there wasn't an excursion offered, you know, you could always take a car out um, or try to do a tour through another company. So there are always so many options. Um, so that's kind of all for the Upper Danube right now. I'll get back into a few of my favorite cities um, in a minute, but let's talk about the Lower Danube and why that's appealing to some people. Um, so while the Lower Danube technically starts at the Iron Gates, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know anything south of Budapest is what we refer to as the Lower Danube because all of the itineraries stop in Budapest. So if you're going up the, excuse me, unless you're doing a combination itinerary, a longer itinerary, um, but as far as you know these regular quote-unquote sailings, you're either doing the upper or the lower. So that is either from Germany or Austria to Budapest, and then um, from whatever you're doing south of Budapest. So whether you're going all the way to um, Giorgio or or Bucharest, but as we know, Bucharest is not on the river, so you have to go there, but usually that's where the sailings end. Um, So, you know, kind of those those all go up to Budapest. So there's no like Budapest plus one stop or we're going to stop before Budapest. It's it's always Budapest. So that's how we split them up in this industry. Um, There aren't as many of these itineraries that are offered. So that's important to note. Most of these because this region is so well, first of all, you have the Iron Gates. So you have like a full day of scenic cruising where you're cruising between two like cliffs essentially like rock rocks so you know there's a lot of cruising that needs to be done but also you know there are just a lot of there are fewer ports that that you can dock in and so there aren't as many variations to these itineraries and there are fewer itineraries and I also think that a lot of it has to do with interest in these itineraries as well because so many people are interested in doing the upper danube because of all the reasons that i mentioned before but the lower danube is beautiful and sailing through the iron gates and sailing you know if you can get um a sailing that goes through the danube delta you know you you're provided with so much scenic cruising and it's beautiful and and that's one of my favorite things to do when i cruise is just kind of sit on the ship and watch as it sails 
And honestly, on the upper Danube, you get a little bit of that, but you do not get as much of that because you're going from port to port and sometimes you're going two ports in one day. And so, you know, this, this, you get a little bit more of that. And then you get to see these, these great places, which honestly you might not have heard of. I mean, of course you end in, in Bucharest, as I said, but you have to take a bus there and maybe you'll overnight, but you know, you also have the chance to go to Serbia, which, you know, like some countries that I was just talking to a friend about doing a lower Danube itinerary. And it's like, but these are countries that people don't necessarily visit very much. You know, it feels more off the beaten path. So there are positive and negatives to both itineraries. Um, but I would say that, you know, the lower Danube is not something that should be overlooked because it's so nice. All It's so beautiful. I mean, and that's part of the appeal of river cruising in general is that just all of these cities that you go to are so beautiful there. It's it's like a storybook. And I that saying is probably overused, but it really is. And you go to these places and you just pull up right into them and, and they're just, they're beautiful. Um, and so, as I said, definitely positive and negatives to both um sides, but, but mostly positives, not, not so many negatives. Um, one thing that I will say about cruising the upper Danube is that if you do so in peak season, sometimes it's a little bit crowded. Sometimes you're with like three and four ships and, you know, you're crossing over ships, which you do anyway, but you really get a sense of it when you get off the boat and you see how many people are kind of, you know, making their way back to their ships and, it it can be a little bit crowded. So if, if you want something that's a little bit less busy, maybe go um, on shoulder season or, or look at the lower Danube. Um, so I'm going to include in this, um, in the description of the podcast as well, uh, our Danube River uh, cruise pricing charts for 2020. So that kind of breaks down per company and what the true cost per day is um, for the traveler. So that's obviously um, really important as well when kind of factoring in what you're going to do and where you're going to visit. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit more about the cities that you visit. Now, I will say that I am extremely more well-versed in the Upper Danube itineraries than I am in the Lower Danube itineraries. So I will start with those. Um, I'm just going to pull up Scenics because they do their itineraries in an interesting way. And I'll pull up Avalon's and Amas as well, and we can go through those a little bit. So as I mentioned, we will start with Scenic. Scenic has what I will call their core itineraries. Um, there are six of them. I'm going to call them their core itineraries, and you'll see why in a second. So the first is Danube Discovery. That is eight days from Nuremberg to Budapest or reverse. Um, that visits Germany, Austria, and Hungary. Remember how I said some of them do not, some cruises do not dock in Slovakia. Um, this cruise is going to stop in Nuremberg, Regenberg, Passau, Dernstein, Melk, Vienna, and Budapest. And this is what I would call a traditional Danube itinerary. Now, as I mentioned, you know, some of the other cruise lines don't it will will start in other places other than Nuremberg, but for scenic, all of their cruises start in Nuremberg. 
Um, the only thing I would like to point out about this is that most of the time when the water levels are low on the Danube, if you listen to the podcast with Rudy Schreiner, you will know this. Um, most of the time that there's low water on the Danube, the issue is between Nuremberg, Regen, Nuremberg and Passau. So Nuremberg, Regensburg and Pass, um, and on the way to Passau. Because in the mine Danube Canal, you don't have any locks that can control the, wa- the, the water levels. Um, now, of course, when you're on the part of the river with the locks, you can flood the, you can flood the river if you need to. You know, these locks kind of keep the water levels regulated. Um, so oftentimes when they're cruising, uh, there, there's really no problem from when you reach the, the Danube, past the mine Danube Canal to um, Bratislava because of the locks. Now, getting into Budapest is a different story, and if you are curious to know more about water levels, you can listen to that po- to that podcast. But um, all of scenic's Danube itin- upper Danube itineraries do start or end in Nuremberg. Um, now, why I call them the core itineraries is let's look at the gems of the Danube itinerary, and that's eight days from Nuremberg to Budapest or the reverse. Um, but there are also four variations of this itinerary that are uh, both 11 and 13 days long, and that just adds a slight land tour to either the beginning or end of your cruise. Um, and and we see this in a lot of scenic itineraries. So scenic offers two upper Danube itineraries three lower Danube itineraries, and then one combination sailing, which goes from Germany all the way down to Romania. Um, So that will combine the Black Sea Explorer itinerary and the gems of the Danube itinerary. And we do see that with a lot of cruise companies, that they'll have one itinerary and another itinerary, and they will just kind of combine them together. So you're, you're visiting the same ports of call. So most of the time on these Danube itineraries, I said we would look at the cities a little bit. Um, So Nuremberg, Regensburg, they're beautiful cities, but as I mentioned, you know, sometimes they're hard to get to. And so oftentimes when we have these sailings with the mine Danube Canal, we always hear, you know, we couldn't get past Passau, we had to get off the ship and pass out. So that is something to take into consideration when you're booking. And if we look to AMA Waterways, actually, they only have a couple of itineraries now that start in Nuremberg. And most of them, most of them now start in Vilshofen because they don't want to have to deal with, you know, well, they don't want cruise passengers to have to deal with being bussed. Now, of course, there is still demand for those ports. So there are itineraries with those ports in them um, because they are beautiful cities. I mean, Regensburg is is so pleasant and it, it's a it's a great town. But, you know, I think that a lot of people just don't want to have to worry about that. So so that's why they've kind of um, switched that up a little bit. Um, so, so those are pretty cities. I love Passau. And if you have a chance, some cruise lines do a bike tour in Passau, where Passau is right on the border of Austria and Germany. And, um, when you do this bike tour, you'll bike up through Germany or up through Austria and then back either through Austria or Germany. But so you'll go up through one country and back through another. And I'll tell you when I did that bike tour for the first time, there were a lot of passengers who had never been to Europe and never kind of experienced like their border situation. I mean, clearly they know that there's not strict border checks because we're 
in the European Union because we're traveling down this river through multiple countries, but they were astounded by the fact that, you know, there was no marker. You could just bike over to Austria from Germany. And it was, it was really cool. Um, and so that's something that I love doing in Passau, but also the town is pretty, there's good shopping. Um, it's, it's a nice town. Um, Linz is awesome. Uh, I, last time I was in Linz, Austria, I went to, um, the art museum there, which is, is a great museum and they have some really interesting pieces. They had a Yoko Ono art piece, which was astounding to me because I had never seen one of them in real life before at a museum. And I've been to a lot of museums. They also had an Andy an Andy Warhol. So, I mean, that is something that you can just hop right off the ship and do most of the time because you're docked on that side of the river. Um, and then as I said in Linz, you oftentimes also have the option to go to Salzburg for a day long tour. Um, and there you'll, you'll of course get to see a lot of the sights from The Sound of Music. And you also get free time in, in Salzburg as well. And, and Salzburg is another great place to shop. In fact, I am wearing a t-shirt that I bought in Salzburg as I record this. Um, and then you you get to go to Vienna, which as I said, is a big city. You get to go to Dernstein or Melk, um, of course, Melk Abbey. Uh, I mean, there are just so many great stops on these trips. And, and Vienna is a great city. It's one of those towns that I like to just walk around. You know, it's it's there's so much to do. Again, good shopping, you know, if you're into that. But then also you have you can go on a tour. You know, that's that's the beauty of this. And I've mentioned that before is that you can either go on a tour, or you can go off by yourself. But, you know, I I, I think the Upper Danube is an, a region that I'm very familiar with. And so kind of just <laughs> looking at this and saying, oh, Vienna, I remember when I went to, you know, this cafe with a friend and I went to a park and sat down and read a book, you know, and just like kind of having these memories come back to me. And then you'll either start or end in Budapest, which is one of my favorite cities. It is so walkable. It's most of Europe is, but for a big city, it feels so walkable. And, you know, where you dock, you kind of have everything that you need. You have the big street, um, kind of tourist street, I call it. Um, and then, you know, if you go off either way, you can, you can just get lost in the, in the town and you'll, you'll stumble upon cafes and bars and it, it's great. Um, and then, you know, you're also in Budapest, you're docked on, you're docked and there are UNESCO World Heritage sites on both sides of you. So there, it, it, there is so much to do on these. And then, as I said, the lower Danube is great as well. Um, I'm not as familiar, but but you do get all this scenic cruising. And I mean, Bucharest is a beautiful town. It is, it is so, it's so pretty. I mean, I, I, I don't know. And then on some, you have the option to go to Transylvania, which so many people are familiar with. And so, you know, really, I would encourage you to go and look at these articles that I'm, that I'm referencing about the uh, scenic Ama and Avalon Danube itineraries, because then you can get really get a feel of where each itinerary goes, how many countries you're visiting, um, where you're going to overnight, and then also, you know, kind of who this itinerary is ideal for. But I think that there is a lot about the Danube that people don't know. And that was kind of the point in doing this podcast was to educate readers, because I think that, as I mentioned earlier, and I, I just want to reiterate, I know that I'm repeating myself, but so often, so often I have people come to me and tell me that, you know, that their friend took a Danube cruise. And, you know, that that's so often our, our first resort for 
uh, first time river cruisers. And that's okay because there is so much to offer, but I really encourage you to go and look at the ports of call and look at the countries that you're interested in seeing. Um, and really just kind of researching, you know, what, what you can do in each on each itinerary and in each destination. And so with that, I will leave you, but, um, yeah, that's, that's the Danube in a nutshell. Thank you so much for joining me today on Avid Travel with Britain Frost. I hope you all have a great week as always, and I will see you next time. Bye. (music) 